Welcome to the Fitness and Lifestyle Podcast. I'm your host, Danny Kennedy, and I'm here to help you become the very best version of yourself. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Fitness and Lifestyle Podcast. Today, uh, we're obviously joined by past guest who's been on a few times now. It's now all me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Michael Zarafa, welcome back to the show, man. Thanks, brother. It's good to be back, as always. As always, man. So tell us, uh, we'll jump straight in. Been been pretty busy since the last time we caught up. We were chatting just before we hit record. I think the last time we had a chat was, uh, the last time we sat down was before Mundine. And then, and then after that, we jumped on. I think we jumped on a uh, during COVID. We jumped on a call after the the whole zoo debacle and all that crap. But tell us about the last uh, six months, mate. How's how's things? Obviously, just come off a big win against Hardman, um, and then obviously you jumped on SAS as well, which I'm sure we'll touch on um, as as we go through. But yeah, how's the last kind of six to twelve months been for you, mate? Yeah, man, it's been good. Like I said, I was in a, a strict training camp. Um, you know, last month we had a huge fight, which you know was an IBF um, World Title Eliminator. Yeah. You know, I had a tough guy in front of me, but, you know, I trained the house down, man. Like, I added so much things that we didn't normally do, you know, built and worked on improving, you know, every day. And, um, you know, I went out there and knocked him out in style. You know, I mean, now I'm number two in the world and, um, you know, in line now, mandatory for a world title shot, which is fucking exciting. Tell us about the um, the ranking. So, we were obviously chatting about it just before, but for those that aren't, I guess, familiar with how the whole... Uh, boxing rankings work with all the different federations and whatnot. Like, how does that actually play out? So you said number two in the world at the moment, um, and but there's a different federations or different Correct. divisions. So there's four main um, sanctioning bodies. There's the IBF, WBA, WBO, and WBC. Um, so I'm ranked top three in the world in two of those. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm number one in Australia and top four pound for pound in, in the middleweight division. So. I'm um, sitting at a very high and, and comfortable spot. Scary, you know, looking at the guys in front of me, but it's exciting. Yeah, 100%. Man. That's where I want to be. You know, I want to fight the best. To be the best, you've got to beat the best. And, you know, whether I win, lose, or draw, I want the opportunity to fight these guys. And, yeah. <clears throat> you know, the guys in front of me are big names. Mm. And, um, you know, it's good I'm on their radar now. You know, they know yeah. who I am. You know, they yeah. didn't before, but they do now. And um, that's what it's been. That's what my whole career has been about, been about, you know, just fighting these guys and, and climbing the ranks. And, and number two in the world, it's 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 a nice it's a nice position. Nice feeling. What's what's the saying? Pressure is pressure is a privilege. Exactly right, man. Exactly. Good times coming up. So um, we'll go back a bit because I want to I do want to kind of go into detail about the Harbin fight and the lead up to that. As you said, the, the camp for that was pretty intense and whatnot. But um, you obviously cleaned up uh, Mundane quite easily <laughs> after we um, after we spoke. But all respect there. Um, and then you had another fight in between, um, which which was pretty comfortable comfortable yeah, win. Yeah, man. Point. Look, everyone. Everyone gave me a lot of heat for that fight, but, you know, I got injured on a TV show, which, you know, was unplanned, obviously. But um, And we just wanted to jump back in the ring because we knew we had the Hardman fight. And mm. I didn't want to jump in the ring straight into that fight, you know, because it was a tough fight. You know, it was meant to be a tougher fight yeah. than, you know, it turned out to be. But uh, so we just got a guy that was, you know, a journeyman, you know, tough. He was on a walk forward just to see where I was at with the injury. And, you know, we blasted him out in four rounds and we got a good indication of where we're at with the injury and stuff like that. And, just a training camp. I wanted to, because of COVID and stuff like that, I wanted to just get back into a mindset of being in a training camp, you know, yeah. and dieting and, and stuff like that and, and basically being back in routine. So for me, it was just about getting, it wasn't even about the win, it was just about to see where I was at. Um, obviously, it was risky. Not if building I didn't up lose. too much ring rust. Yeah, you know, and <laughs> just sitting around and doing nothing, you know, there's there's difference of just training uh, like I'm doing now and then there's, there's camp training, you know, where the sparring and all that stuff yeah. is involved. So <clears throat> for me, like I said, it was just to, 
to get the ring rust out and just to see where I was at with that injury. Just quickly going back to the the rankings again. So what is the actual? How do they figure that out? So with the different different um, sanctioning bodies or whatever you said before. So like how you know you might be number two and one, number three and one, and then number one in Australia and all that stuff. Like how do they actually figure that out across like? across yeah. all of them so to be where you're at you've got to beat that person or there's a vacant spot whether someone goes up a division goes down a division and it okay. becomes vacant and then you have to fight someone in the top 10 to take mm. that position or you just go straight for that fight and if you want to be number three and number three accepts and you beat him you're now number three in the world so um yeah you've got to basically beat beat the guy that's sitting in that position so which is it ibf um or it was the other wa wba is that which one of those is um is triple g uh, so he's in, in both. He's in both. He's yeah, in both, right. But he's the IBF world champion, and I think he's ranked number two in the WA. I think it's got to be pretty surreal, like even just being in oh, that conversation and, and then having the possibility of potentially you know lining up against. Someone, yeah, that's what I mean. Like, like they didn't know who I was prior. They do now. You know, I've been on their radar for a while. Even in my Instagram posts, I always say I make it clear that I want to fight these guys. Mm. And, and now, like I said, you know they, they've got my name in their mouth. It's like Jesus, you know. But um. Again, I, that's what I want. You know, I don't want to shy away from the top fights. I want to fight these guys. Yeah. And um, a lot of guys are protecting their records. You know, they're fighting guys from Thailand, taxi drivers. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, I'm, I'm the best in my division. It's like, mate, you know, how do you walk around? And I get, you know, you need tune-up fights. You need to, yeah. to try new things. And in between hard fights, you, you know, you can't have a hard fight every every fight, mm. which I have the last 10 fights. But, you know, you gotta you got to have these tune-up fights. I get that. But these guys in Australia, they're like, oh, which we're talking on off, you know, off the camera and podcast. Yeah. That you know, there's a lot of guys that just, you know, get lucky and they get robbed in their careers and so, you know, where do they go from there? Now, being in a position now where you know your next fight is is definitely a world title fight, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, so I'm guaranteed now the IBF. So basically, what happens now? Canelo kind of stuffed everything up a little bit, but you know, full credit to Bivol was an absolute machine. But now it puts a little bit of pressure on Triple G because Triple G was meant to fight. Canelo if he won. Yeah. Um, but That'd now, be their third fight. Correct. Now there's a, a rematch clause, obviously, which I think Canelo wants to take up. So now they've basically gone back to Triple G and said, you either vacate or defend. Um, me being number two, so obviously number one, Falco gets the first mm-hmm. first choice, but he's booked into fight. Right. So, he's now, so who's he fighting? Uh, I don't know who he's actually fighting. To be honest. Another guy from Brazil, I guess. Just, But again, I think it's just a journeyman. He's just getting right. ring rust out, um, but makes him out of, out of the mix to fight Triple G. Right. So... I'm number two, I'm basically the next guy in line. So mm-hmm. he either fights me or vacates. If he vacates, then basically goes back to the original plan. I fight Falco for the world title later this year. Yeah, so obviously you have to wait for him to Correct, take his yeah, next yeah, fight yeah. and then yeah, yeah, play it out from there. Do you think now coming being in a position you're in now, which you know, your next at least your next fight in general is, is going to be world title fight, but being on that big stage now and you've kind of in the past already gone overseas yeah, and, yeah, and yeah. fought these these big names and been under the big lights and in front of the big crowds. Do you feel obviously the experience is, is something that that uh, you can't buy, but do you feel like that experience that you've had, um, even if the result didn't go your way, do you feel that works in your favour now? Oh, 100%. You know, that's what I said to the guys here. <clears throat> you know, they, they're fighting on a main event show in front of 2,000 people at a local pub, you know, which... That's Australian boxing here, you know, but to go over there, I fought in front of 20,000 people. You know, I had Michael Buff on my ring announcer. You know, like, it's just another world over there. You know, I had, my head, I had my head on cars and billboards. I was on TV shows. I was like, man, this is epic, you know. So it's a big jump. And, you know, now I'm used to that. You know, I've, I've fought seven or seven, eight world champions now. I've been in big stadium fights. I've fought all around the world. 
some condition now I'm ready and, and I feel like, you know, I fell short four times out of the 34 fights. Um, but now it's my time of 30, physically, mentally, emotionally. I think I'm just on another level now and it showed in my last fight. I guess it's when you look at, say, for example, football or basketball or something and a team takes a loss or even in other individual sports, you go back, watch tape, see, see where you can improve and whatnot. But as a fighter, like you've obviously matured more as a fighter, you've, you've improved as a fighter, your skill set, your fitness and strength and whatnot. So is there really much or anything that you can take away from those losses if they're kind of like a few years ago? I never like look I, back. Yeah. I, never, I never look back on anything I do. They're in the past. You can never get yeah. things back. I never watch things because you just get you get down. You get depressed on. Yeah. Like oh, I should have. Fuck. You know, I could have done this. And so for me, I, I just learn. You learn off those failures. You know, I mean, you mm. can't fail the same time twice. You know, I mean, yeah. like you, you just you can't do that. You know. So for me, it's just more. You know, growing as as a person mentally. You know, physically, you can't really learn much new things and do things like that. It's it's just putting yourself in these situations where your, your your mind can grow. You know, like in the back rooms of my last fight, I was like, man, aren't you nervous? I was like, it'll be what it'll be. Yeah. You know, like I can't put this extra pressure on myself. There's nothing you can do in that point to improve. Correct, yes. and, and, yeah. and I learned that from those fights. You know, yeah. like being in the big stadium fights, the losses, and, you know, like even now, like I do like little things like have cold showers just to yeah. mentally yeah, good. Put, put myself in a situation. I'm like, <laughs> get shit, yourself you know, uncomfortable and get yeah, used to you know, it. Yeah, you like it's freezing cold, but, you know, I'm going to have a cold shower because... I don't want to do it. And that's that's the thing, doing something you don't want to do. You know, and that's when when you don't want to jump, that's the time to jump. On that topic, um, obviously you sustained the injury with in the SAS show. Tell us a bit about that and like the extent of that injury, because we were chatting before about um Sabrina being on the show recently and um she was kind of running us through like I guess how serious the injury was. But what actually was the, the injury? Oh, I didn't thing? think it was gonna be that brutal, man. Like, you know, I've seen you know, TV shows and stuff. I thought it was all a little, you know, fake, but it was full on. Like, if you're too close to fire, you get burned. If you're too long underwater, you'll drown. So, for me, what happened in the first half an hour, I was just generally unlucky. You know, I was climbing on the sand and on the wet stuff, it was hard. So, I was flying through it. But as soon as I got to the dry stuff, my arm sunk in as I tried to pull myself. My, I heard my pop and my shoulder dislocated and my C6 or C7 disc bulged and hit a nerve. And basically, my left side just did not want to work, couldn't move, couldn't do nothing. Um, that took five months to, to rebuild, literally seeing doctors, physios, and, and that's why it led to that fight in December against that right. guy that wasn't world-class, just to see where I was at. But it was pretty, pretty full on, man. So how long were you not able to hit the pads and throw a punch <sighs> for that five, whole time? Yeah, four or five months, man. Yeah, I was just literally running 20 kilometers a day. <laughs> just running, yeah, just running, keeping man, conditioning yeah. up in that way. And it was mentally breaking me, you know, because obviously I was overrunning and then, you know, the mind went before the body. And yeah. I was like, shit, you know, what do I do now? And I couldn't punch, which was making me more sad, more. Was it so. was it something was it playing on your mind coming back into um not only just training, but even that that first fight back that uh, sounds by the sounds of what you just said, like the the actual injury itself was just unlucky. But is yeah. it is it something was it something that could potentially happen again? Oh uh, look, I was oh, a bit of a bit of just like a I freak thing out there. Yeah. man. Like, cause I've put the body in, in situations where like a body just shouldn't be. Yeah. You know, and I wasn't even pushing that hard. I was just army crawling on the sand, which is pretty basic. Yeah. And just as I put my arm in and tried to pull myself, I just, I heard it go. And I think Lockie or Barry Hall, one of the guys I was next to, go, mate, you're, Mick, you're all right. And I said, fuck, like I just felt this burning sensation. I was like, man, I'm, I'm not well. I just could not, couldn't move my hand. And I tried to soldier on. I tried to be a hero, but it got to a point where like the running challenges and stuff like that, I, w- I could get through. And like, I don't know how I got through that heights challenge, climbing and ropes, because I only had one arm. 
And um, <laughs> even Ant Middleton said to me, he goes, mate, I don't know how you got through that. I said, mate, same. And, um, but then I got to the swimming one and I was actually drowning because I, I couldn't, <laughs> couldn't keep myself up. And I started panicking and I was like, what do I do? And then when the doctor put his hand underneath my top, he goes, mate, straight to the hospital because he felt my shoulder just gone, yeah. Yeah. Was that um, when you made the decision to go on the show, was that something that you put thought to in terms of the fact that there's potential risk of injury? Oh, yeah, of course. I knew it wasn't going to clash with my career. But I, again, I didn't think I was going to get injured. You know, I thought, <clears throat> you know, it's just another test. You know, my body's built, built for it. I'm you know, mentally, physically ready. Um, again, just a freak accident, man. Because I was like one of the favourites to win, you know, and said, mate, how'd you, how'd you go on real far to the end of this, in this show? And did you do anything specific training-wise for that or just do your normal training I routine? Normal thing, and just man. I, added, I added a few things in there with, you know, weight. Strength-based stuff. Yeah, strength yeah. stuff. But, I mean, it was pretty basic, like running, just boxing. Because boxing does it all. You know, in a boxing mm. training session, we do, you know, we do boxing, strength and conditioning, we do road work. Yeah. So, basically doing it all in one. But, you know, full credit to those guys. And, um, you know, the guys on that show, mate, everyone, anyone that says females can't do what males do is, is, is stupid, mate. Because some of those girls in there... Proved everyone wrong. Mm. They were absolute weapons. Brutal, hey. Um, I was going to ask you. So, leading into the Harbin fight and just any fight in general, particularly you know your next one coming up, regardless of who the opponent is, like how much time gets spent on on watching tape? I never watch any. Right. I never. Do, from the coaches' side of things, we are don't they... watch any. I just for us, um, for me, I say like it's hard. I say people say, how do you prepare? I just say it's like driving. I just focus on what I've got to do. Mm. If you got if you got in the car and had to worry about what everyone else does, you'd go mad. Yeah. You know, so for me, I just do me. And yeah. you know, I just focus on myself. We never go to the gym and, and work on things that we're bad at. Mm-hmm. I mean, that we're good at. So we good at, work, yeah. because we're good at those, you know. Um, there's room for improvement obviously on anything, but we always work on things that we need to improve on. Yeah. Defensively, mm-hmm. whatever it may be, attack, whatever. But for us, we just do us. And then when it comes to fight time, people say, you know, what's the game plan? And I always just say, man, I'll wing it. Yeah. I, and I do. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. how can I sit there and say, you know, we've got 12 rounds and this is what I'm going to do. And you can't prepare for the unknown. Exactly I just wing right, it, yeah. I just do me. And eventually I'll find my way. And that's what I did the first round. You know, I was only in first gear. You know, we got 12 rounds. So, And in the first 30 seconds, I found my distance. And I knew straight away in my head that it was gone. It was over. I actually come back in the first round and said to my trainer, um, I'm going to stop him. Yeah. He goes, no, just stop, Mick. What are you doing? Focus. Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm going to stop him. Is that – so 12-round fight, regardless of who the opponent is, is that always the case? Like you go into it saying these first few, I'm just going to just react to whatever happens or do you ever kind of go in thinking like, oh, I want to finish this early? No, I never do that. No. no. I just, like, you got 12 – you got 36 minutes. So I, I mentally – before I sign a contract 12 weeks prior, I tell myself, okay, it's a 12-rounder. I'm prepared for 36 minutes. Mm-hmm. I'm signing this contract for 36 minutes. So I never go in there saying, oh, look, I go in there mentally saying, like, I'd like it to finish early. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I don't go there looking for it. You know, mm. that's why they ask me, oh, how's this fight going to end? When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I just say with my hand raised, it's it's a win for me. Yeah. You know, people that go, oh, I'm going to knock you out in the first round, and uh, I, almost I setting yourself up for failure by well, saying I, things like yeah, that with that exactly expectation right. as well. And I've learned that you know, growing up in, in in the sport and stuff, that 
as I've been that in my earlier inexperienced days where I was like, oh, I'm going to knock you out, I'm going to do this, this, and then all of a sudden I'm like, shit, I've got all this pressure on myself now. Mm. What happens and you're probably you not in the state where you're ready to react to something that wasn't planned or something Correct. you didn't expect. Yeah, yeah. and then you, you're like, shit, I said fourth round, fuck, it's, it's, we're going now into the fourth round, I haven't stopped him yet, or mm. there's a minute later, you put all this pressure on yourself. Now it's just, you know what, I'm in my own vehicle, I'm driving my own car, Yeah, I'm doing me. I'm happy, I'm excited, I'm here, let's do it, man. I'm ready for war. And I said that to my trainer my last Friday, I said, how are you feeling? I said, Sammy, I'm ready to die tonight. <laughs> let's do it. Well, you kind of have to be, hey? Yeah, man, like it's war. Like as much as it's not, you know, as barbaric, it's the same, you know? Yeah. It's, it's, we're going in there to punch each other's head. Pretty last kill line, or, yeah. Or be killed, you know? So you don't go, so coming to any fight, you're obviously not planning for, yeah, you're not going to it going, I'm going to knock him out in this round or whatever, but what's the... How do you kind of control the urge to just go nuts or do you just do that once you got him hurt? So obviously clipped Hardman um, mm. and he didn't look like he was going to be in there for much longer. So after that, is it still like still go in and react to whatever he does or are you going in there and just going, right, we're just finished? Yeah, I, I get a bit, sometimes I get a bit excited and that's why I looked at my, because <clears throat> when I when I hit, hurt him and I saw him fall back down that second time and get back mm. up, I was just going to run at him. Yeah. And that's dangerous because, you know, he, he was still two and he could throw, you yeah. know, and, and he was heavy-handed. But I looked at my trainer. And he was like, just Mick, just relax, nice and slow. So mm. that's why I just, I, I kind of, what's the word, stalked, you know, I just stalked yep. him because I knew he was hurt and mm -hmm. I knew that his confidence was gone. Yeah. You know, I broke his heart, you know, so. Um, Is there a bit in your head though going like, if he if he gets to the end of the round and has this break, there's a chance he can kind of recover and then. Nah, well, look, as a fighter, I know, I look into your eyes and I know you don't want to be there. You know, and I knew he didn't want to be there. Yeah. You know? And I don't know if you saw the fight, you know, when I walked mm. out, people were like, man, like, I've never seen Zarafa so switched on. Yeah, you know? and focused. There was a guy that, I don't know if you saw, I was walking out, he was a Hardman fan that got right into my face somehow through security. And people say, how did you not punch him out? I said, I didn't even see him. Hmm. He goes, he was in your face. I said, how was that switched on? Switched on, yeah. I said, I, didn't, I was looking at him from the moment I got to the venue. I just eyeballed him and I just knew he could not make eye contact with me. And like Mike Tyson said, you know, like, as soon as they, they, they look away, it's all over. Mm. And, I, and, I, and I truly believe they couldn't look me in the eye. Yeah. And you're about to fight, you want to look at the guy you're fighting, couldn't look at me. When you're leading up to the fight, so obviously with the Harbin one, it, it got pretty um, pretty heated pretty much at any opportunity that you possibly could. Um, I'm assuming like certain fighters, just naturally, like certain fighters that you're up against, there actually is like legitimate bad blood there. But... With Hartman and it being being like the way it was, and then after the fight, obviously it was there's, it was just all respect between the both of you. But does it get to like was there legitimate hate between I, you two? We hated each other. I actually couldn't stand him, and I actually said to him, I said, if you you lived in Melbourne and you acted the same way, I said the fight would have started months prior. Um, he was just look for me. We could hate each other all, but as soon as we fight, for me, you could still hate me after the fight. But on my end, there's no bad blood. But mm. before before the fight, just the way he carried himself. The way he acted, you know, the disrespect he showed, um, you know, I had to win. It, mm. For me, it just made it so much easier punching him in the head. And um, I said to myself, like, I said, I don't care anymore. Like, I didn't even engage in media because I said, I don't care about any media. I just want to hurt him. I said, you know, excuse my French, but they were like, you know, I said, fuck the belts, I'm coming for his head. I don't care about the belt. I don't care about yeah. the eliminator. I said, I'm coming for his head. Mm. I'm taking his head straight off his shoulders. And they could see that I was serious. Almost you know? did. Yeah, well, <laughs> you know, I was, I was just like, you know, this is, he's crossed lines. You yeah. Know, with things he said, things he did. Um, every time we're at a press conference or in front of each other, he tried to attack me. And that's when I knew again, you know, that if I was getting under your skin by doing nothing, 
you're not you're not as strong as you think you are. Mm. You know, and every time he got in front of me and this and that, he couldn't couldn't control his emotions. Has there been any communication post fight? Look, I did the right thing. I called him, you know, morning up of the fight, you know, just to you know, wish him all the best in his career. He was getting married. Yeah. Um, you know, and I just wished him and his, his wife to be, I think wife now. Um, you know, all the best moving forward in his career. You know, I'm looking forward to his bounce back. But mm. uh, no, not much, to be honest. Just yeah. a phone call, maybe one message after that. Yeah. So in the position you're in now, so the next fight is a world title fight, but as we kind of touched on before, that could be months away. So how do you, like mentally, how do you keep yourself? Obviously, someone like yourself is extremely motivated and you don't really need any uh, extra motivation to, to train and whatnot, but... Um, how do you not kind of burn out? Like, obviously, you've got your eyes on this next fight and it's a mm. big occasion and, and it's a really big opportunity for you. So because it could potentially be so far away, how do you stay, like, on also, track mentally? It is hard, but that's the difference between good and great. You know, the guys that just say, you know what, I don't want to do it today. I'm sore, I'm tired, but fuck, I've got to get in the gym and do it. You know, and I, I, I say that every day, man. I can't be wrecked. I've got people here that can back me up. Like, man, I say it all the time. I'm just I'm wrecked. I can't be bothered. I just want to... Anyone wants to stay home, eat pizza, you know, and, and, and drink beer. But you know, for me, it's you know, whilst I'm complaining, I'm driving to the gym. You know, what I mean, yeah. and, and I say that right. Do what needs to be done. You just got to rock up. You know, once you rock up, you got your trainers. Mick, do this. We're doing this. We're doing that. Mm. All you got to do is just rock up. Yeah. You know, and that's that's the easy part. You know, but for me, like I said, it's the end goal. What's what's to come? You know, and September, October is not that far away. No. You know what I mean, so for me, I'm getting ready. I'm always ready because in saying that, I'm in a great position. But you might get a call today and say, Mick, we're giving you. A four million dollar fight to fight, you know this guy. Yeah, but it's in two weeks. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know it's I mean? got to stay ready. You got to stay ready all the time, and and um, for me, it's a lifestyle. You know, and, and you know, Andre Ward said a world champion is not someone who's in the ring. It's how they carry themselves outside the ring. Yeah, outside of it. You know, always being ready, always maintaining weight. You know, a lot of fighters they fight, they're like yeah, we got the win, and they they blow up fifteen kilos, and then when they go into camp, they're trying to do the same things they did when they were fit. You know, and that's where injuries mm. happen, and you know, guys. And you're wasting half your time trying to get yeah, in shape for the one. And then they got a diet like super strict, which then mentally cooks you. So if yeah. me, I can eat KFC, I can eat Macca's, I can have lollies, sweets, whatever, because I'm always training. Yeah. You know, so I just changed to stay motivated. I just changed my th thought process. You know, instead of training for a fight, now I'm training to eat. Yeah. You know, so I'll say, you know, what if I go do my 10K run or whatever I may do, I can have a Big Mac or I can have yes. a slice of pizza. Or I can yeah. have, you know, what I mean? it's like I'm changing my thought process. You know, but then I'm in camp, I say, I'm trying to kill this bloke. Or fight this bloke, you know yeah. what I mean? So uh, it's just the way you think of that thing. If the fight is, say, October, um, outside of actual camp, so how, how far out from a fight do you start camp? How many weeks? I like to do 12 weeks, 10 to 12, 12 weeks. But it's a building it's a building process, yeah. you know? Like uh, the first day, I don't go hammer and tongs. No. You know, I'm just... But at that 12 week is, again, different mindset now. Yeah. It's fight mindset. So in the period before that 12-week start of camp, um, do you do any sparring? Nah, so I only spar no six, six weeks out. Yeah, right. And a lot of fighters, like, you know, I, I talk to a lot of fighters and I say, oh, what are you, what are you doing? Like, oh, I'm sparring. Like, oh, when, when you're fighting, they're like, oh, we don't know you. Why are you sparring? You know what yeah. I mean? Like, yeah. you're, you're prepping. Potentially taking damage for you're, no reason you're, whatsoever. You're literally shortening your career. And I used to be like, oh, let's spar, coach, and this and that. Now, now, at 30, I can't do it as much. But, you know, at six weeks out is when we, we start training, you know, sparring, you know, like, I'll do the first four rounds twice, three times a week. Then mm. the next week, I'll up it to six rounds. Then next next week, eight rounds. Yeah. The next week, right. round, ten rounds. And then that like your two, three weeks out is your last twelve rounders or ten rounders. You know what I mean? You're doing yeah. like two, three times a week, and that's quality. You're getting quality, boys. You're, you're punching on. You know, two, yeah. Twice a week, you got two fights a week. 
for six weeks. Yeah. Are you always sparring against guys in the same weight class? No, no. So, you know, we either do a division heavier or someone that's, you know, highly world class at the same weight. Right. You know, I don't do guys. Like some guys spar people that are two divisions smaller. I'm like, what are you going to get out of that? What's the point? Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't make sense. But. With, um, you said before you don't watch too much tape and stuff like that, but outside of boxing, is there any athletes or just people in general that you have kind of like take inspiration from and add things to your own life. You said before you're doing the cold showers and all that type of stuff and, and you're pretty big on like your mental game as well. So is there things that you've taken from other athletes or inspiration from other people to add those tools to your toolkit? Not really. To be honest, I don't really watch much sport, to be honest. Right. Um, but I listen to a lot of Eric Thomas, yep. uh, the you know, motivational speaker. I, yep. I listen to the, like, people say what kind of music you listen to and stuff. Like I listen to those like, motivational you know that slow music and, mm-hmm. and keep pushing and i'm always listening to that and you know, i hear things and see things and even like tiktok i know it sounds stupid but i'm all about these like motive, like all my saved videos all these motivational um you know self-doubt or whatever it may be mm-hmm. um I, f- I find they really help me i'll be sitting on the couch just going through my tiktok and i'll see a video and i'm like Fuck, i'm gonna go for a run like it's just cheat me up yeah you know, i'm gonna go to the gym and like so i just try to always mentally be on yeah, okay. Because as soon as you switch off, it's 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 an ugly it's an ugly world to be in. Do there. you find much enjoyment in watching other combat sports such as UFC? I mean, look, you know, we, I'm friends with Alex Volkanovski yeah. and stuff like that. So when he fights and stuff, I'll, I'll watch in the big fights. But like, I don't follow it religiously. And, yeah. You know, like this ranking and that ranking. I don't really know how it works. I just I just want to see the people I know win. You know what I mean? And what about in other? <laughs> you know, for example, we were talking before about the Bivol and um, Canelo fight the other week. Like, yeah, yeah. do you try and do you tune into most kind of main event fights? Well, now I do because they're potential opponents. You know, like these guys in my division. You know, early days I was like, ah oh, man, I'm, I'm boxing seven days a week. I don't need to watch more boxing. You know, but now because they're opponents and stuff like that, and strategically, you know, I might, I might check in and I watch always the big fights. Um, but again, I don't religiously like if I miss a fight, I'm not going to be like, oh, you know, I just it is what it is. I'll just check who won. <laughs> you know, like same result, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. So instead of sitting there for 36 minutes, I'm like, who won? You know, yeah. so um if I just find like when I'm outside of the gym, I just want to switch off, you know, and, and talk about the sun or the weather, you know, or something, or something different. Watch you know? TikTok. Watch TikTok. <laughs> yeah, mentally build, you know, I mean grow. Yeah. And, uh, TikTok's dangerous, man. <laughs> it's yeah, dangerous. Time waster. You were, before we talk about the camp and how it's very periodized in terms of the 12 weeks, but it's obviously not you know, hammer and tongue right from day one. With the strength training side of things, is that quite periodized as well? Like what's your approach with strength and how often are you doing? Are I, you in the gym I hate with strength. weights? I, I suck. I've never seen anyone suck more than me. Um, but I do twice a week and I'll do that for 12 weeks. Right. But then I, I'll up it. So at the start of the 12 week, it'll be heavy stuff. <clears throat> and then as we get to like the sparring, I'll start doing more like plyometric stuff. Right. And more, you know. Reduce the load. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I, I just, I've, if you watch the strength conditioning session, you'll piss yourself laughing. I just, I've never been- it's coming, mate. Mate, it's shocking. I'll, I'll put my hand up, I suck. <laughs> I absolutely suck. I was, uh, this is a bit of a random question, but for, for anyone watching or listening that uh, is interested in boxing and um, and wants to step in the ring in any, for, any form, like in your opinion, what's like the, what is the, the pathway to eventually someone stepping in the ring for their first profile? Like you see, like how long should someone spend in amateurs before oh. even trying to step? Like, I know it's a bit of a random yeah, yeah. question, well, but not, someone is genuinely interested. I'm not a big fan of the amateurs, you know. I, I didn't have a big amateur career. And I, cause it's two different sports. Uh, as much as you're punching on, it's, it's, you know, amateur boxing is like fencing, you know, the, the sword. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's very like point system, very like 
it's it's a different sport where pros is more you know let, let's punch on you know who's who's the tougher dude you know who's controlled it who threw more who landed more so for me i, I always tell everyone everyone's like well, you know what do i, I just say train hard and you'll fight easy you know that, that's just the key you, you you mentally just push and when it comes to fight time you know if you've done the work mm. you'll have no dramas yeah. and then and it's just life like i've given 200 percent before and lost and i've given 200 percent. Mm. it's just he gave 201 you know like yeah. that's life so people that have like losses and setbacks and like oh shit you know i'm done it's like man everyone gets bad days yeah. everyone gets setbacks and and every time i failed like those four losses that i've had in my career which isn't many out of 34 you know but every time i've lost my next fight was something bigger yeah so i actually grew every time i had some setback it was actually something for, for something bigger something bigger yeah yeah so like even when i've won my next fight I won, but I'm like, why am I going not backwards, but I've just plateaued a little bit. Gone sideways. Yeah, you know, like, like when I've lost, I'm like, oh, fuck, I've lost. Naturally, you'd think I'm going backwards. Mm. But I'm like, man, I've actually gotten something bigger and better. How important is it now you see a lot of fighters, as you kind of alluded to before, like fighters that are in the pros that do have potential almost taking easy fights to build up their um, to build up their record without any losses. Like how important is it from a marketing and, and like your pay perspective mm. to have no losses? Losses, like again. Do you man, think it, there's as much importance on it as I guess from what, what it seems on the outside? Yeah, look, I, I, I know everyone wants to pat, like have a padded record. Everyone, want, no one wants to lose that O. Mm. And I'm like, but why? Like, I don't understand. Like, the best in the world have lost. You know, Floyd, like Floyd Mayweather is probably the only one that hasn't. But look at Canelo Alvarez had a loss. Look at all these Triple Gs and mm. look at their look where they're at. You know what I mean? Like, again, that's what I said. Every loss is something you know you've learned from yeah. it and you're going to move forward. You can't fail at something twice. I'm a big believer in that. If you fail at something twice, then like you just, there's nothing between your ears, you know what I mean? Like you should learn from what you've done the first time mm. and, and build on that. So again, for me, when I, I didn't really care about a record. I just said, I want to fight the best. Yeah. And if you have that mentality of win, lose or draw, it is what it is. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Yeah. There's more to life than boxing. Yeah. You know what I mean, and I always say the guy going in on a Friday night is the same, whatever the outcome is, is the same guy that's waking up Saturday morning. Yeah. It doesn't matter. On that topic, what is, what is obviously not putting too much thought to it because you're in, in, in your prime at the moment, but what are your interests outside of boxing or what like what do you see yourself kind of pursuing mm. post-boxing career? I've had, I've, had, I've had a few things, but I mean, I want to open up a gym um, and just, but not a boxing gym, just like an everyday yeah. adulties or, or, you know, there are just something yeah. where I can go in there and just enjoy life. I, all I've known is the fight world fitness, mm -hmm. you know, so... I mean, I'm Stay doing... Stay in that lane. Yeah, yeah. I'm doing a building course at the moment as well. Just something different. Yeah. Um, know nothing about it, but I'm just learning. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah. hopefully something comes out of that. But again, you know, I want to be a world champion. That's all I'm worried about at the moment now. Yeah. But definitely something along the fitness line, I reckon. i got to ask, does the Tim Zoo fight happen at any 100%. stage, you think? Yeah. 100%. We're already in negotiations now. You know, it's been... He said, she said, you know. What needs to happen for that to happen? Is it is it him Zoo being denied a, a fight overseas to? No, Zoo needs to grow a pair of balls. That's what it is. He's scared, and I know he's scared. Off camera, man, you should look at it. Look, okay, perfect example. Look at it. You've seen him now. He's got all this confidence in the world. Yeah, he's talking about knocking out this and breaking. It. Where was his? Where was he talking like that when I was in front of him? He didn't say not one word. He needs to grow a pair of balls and sign a contract. Looking at the the rankings before. Correct me if I'm wrong. I don't, I don't really, I'm not 100% sure. But so number five in the world at the moment, There is there two, at least one of the guys, the guy's second, is that the guy that he's trying to fight at the moment? 
No, that's his twin brother. Right. Yeah, so there's Jamal and Jam Jamal Charlo. Yeah, I know. You could have lazy. You could have, yeah, parents had one job. I didn't thought to that, did they? Um, parents had one job, literally. But yeah, so I've got the, they're both absolute animals, but the better ones in my division. Right. Um, well, the undefeated one. So what's this, what, better. How, how does that work then? If you guys, so is he different weight class than you or what's? Yeah, so he's one lower than me. Right. But I've only gone up because. So were you going to be coming down or him coming up? Uh, I'm happy to go down. So basically when he was in the amateurs, I was in that division and I cleaned up that division, but then I ended up going up to fight Jeff Horn. Yep. And then I got, was highly world ranked after knocking him out and stuff and the rematch calls and stuff. Then he came up. So then I just basically stayed in that division because well, I dominated the 69 division and then I just chilled at that one. But now I'm happy to come back and fight him, which I said I would. Yeah. So there is negoti negotiations there. Yeah. Well, it's the biggest fight in Australian boxing. Mm. I reckon it's the biggest one ever. I reckon they'll do over 100,000 pay-per-views. Man, like it's it's mundane green all over again. If that if that fight was to – if both party, both teams were to, to agree on that fight, would you put off the – I'm assuming you wouldn't put off the world title fight opportunity to, to do that fight or you would? It's a team decision. I mean, I'd fight him tonight if I could. But it's a team decision. Yeah, I wouldn't be where I am today without my team, so I wouldn't make a decision solely yeah. on myself. Love that. Mate, just before we wrap up, um, what's your prediction for Haney and Cambosis? Oh, oh, look, I'm good mates with Cambosis, so I'm definitely going to back my boy. But look, Haney is is a beast, man. I, I, um, I was actually watching his highlights last night, and yeah, I always talk about levels, and you don't get much higher than that. You know, He mm. does everything pretty good. But um, yeah, George is got the biggest heart in this sport. He's the king of the moment in Australian boxing. And um, look, I think, you know, that line heart will get him over the line, but he's, that, Devin Haney, he's a, he's a hard boy to beat. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm back in, I'm back in Georgie. Lastly, just on, just, uh, it's just got me thinking. So if that, so that fight's at Marvel, isn't it? Haney and Cambos, yeah. If you and uh, Zoo fight each other, what is there? Is there any chance of that happening at a stadium at that site? Yeah, that yeah, size? 100%. Like I said, that, that will sell out. Yeah, we sold when, when we were actually meant to fight. We sold what fifteen thousand um, tickets in twenty four hours, like forty eight hours, and there was mm. like sixty thousand pay per views already pending. Yeah. So, and I was in the space of two days. So, and now it's even bigger. Mm. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Um, but yeah, like like I said, he, he credit to him. I, I'm not going to be that fighter that's going to put someone down. But look, we dislike each other. He's doing good things. You know, if he gets a world title shot, bring it home. We need another Aussie to bring mm. it home. You know, I'm not going to say oh, I hope he loses, but. Um, but a fight needs to be made between me and him. The bragging rights need to need to stop. And uh, who's the best? Who's the best fighter? I think it's me. He thinks it's him. Only one way to settle it. Fuck yeah! Can't wait, <laughs> mate. Thanks for coming on. Um, really looking forward to the to the remainder of the year to see see how you go and um, hopefully bring home a world title. And and um, pumped for you to get the opportunity. You're a hard worker, and um, we've known each other for a little while now, and it's just good to see things, um, all the hard work paying off and, and um, <laughs> let's hope it keeps going. I appreciate it, bro. Thanks for, for having me back on. Pleasure. It, Thanks everyone who's tuned into this episode. Um, really appreciate it. If you've enjoyed this conversation, we'd love for you to grab a screenshot of this one, share it on your social media, send the link to a friend or just tell someone about the episode um, and look forward to chatting to you again in the next episode.